Religion is the thing that allows them to wipe all the logic off the table. It's the glue that holds the conflict together because no matter how much progress we make, we can always go, but, you know, it said in the book. I'm not suggesting that religion started it. I'm saying that religion is what makes it so it don't have to ever end. We need to bring back whipping boys. Remember that? Remember that, remember that whole concept that, like, if you fucked up, there was another kid that would get the ass whooping? Is it from slavery? No, that's from, like, medieval times. So, mm. so you know, where so it was like, you know, you didn't want to beat the prince. So if the prince, if the prince fucked up, he basically had a little boy that would, that was almost like his best friend or whatever like order to be with him all always always you know that kind of thing but then if the prince got in trouble the whipping boy was the one that got fucked up you know because you can't you can't put a mark on on the royal body you know yeah maybe and listen i know that's how it makes me sound but but yeah it, it was a, it was a lot of uh I, th- I think a lot of things could have been changed in history if more princes got their ass whooped. <laughs> you know, because the whole the whole idea of that whole kind of discipline was <clears throat> like the you know the key piece of it was that the prince had to fucking have empathy for the whipping boy. It was like, hey, yeah. you you stop it now! I'm gonna beat the shit out your friend. But they had to give a fuck about their friend. You know, and I, I imagine that, you know, most princes would learn eventually that, hey, if I just made sure my whipping boy was somebody I ain't give a fuck about, um, then I don't have to feel bad at all about what the fuck I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Palestinian people. Um, this shit is getting way, way. No, you know what's funny is since the last week's episode, I've gotten a tremendous amount of uh, education on the on the issue. Uh, not really, just people yelling at me. But I've learned a little bit. You know, um, I don't. I've seen videos of like this general, this Israeli general. Like, basically, like, that genocide talk. Like, we're going to wipe them all the fuck out. You know, mm-hmm. type shit. Uh, and it looks like that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine. I mean, bro, and I, and I don't know. I don't know the point of us getting involved. Like, if we can't make peace between Crips and Bloods, we definitely ain't going to do nothing about that shit over there. <laughs> you know? Cause those gangs weren't started on some religious beef. It was straight up street shit. Do you even think you know? it's really a religious beef? Hasn't the religion part of it just become a signpost for what's really like a geopolitical fight? No, over land? no. I mean, I the religious actual- the religious part is what allows. Because this is my problem with religion in most things right is it mm-hmm. that even if 
you made the most solid, logical, cogent argument that, and the other person saw your argument. Like it wasn't just that you made it, but that it makes perfect sense to them and it lines up to them. Religion is the thing that allows them to wipe all the logic off the table. It's the glue that holds the conflict together because no matter how much progress we make, we can always go, but, you know, it's said in the book. True. So fuck you. You know what I mean? I mean, think about how many things we think about how many things we do that don't make any sense unless you believe your religion. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you and you could it's so many things we could have made so much progress on if if people didn't have that, you know, get out of logic free card of, yeah, but you know what? I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and you don't have to make any, you know, if if you're really deep in your beliefs or whatever, you don't got to make any argument past that. Hey, man, I just can't do it. I can't do it. It's right there. But what I think what I'm asking is like, like in Ireland, for instance, right? You have Catholics versus Protestants. And that fight wasn't really about religious disagreements over whether or not Mary was a virgin and whether, you know, which miracles Jesus performed or whether the blood or the wine really turns into blood or anything like that. It was really, it was about whether they want to be ruled by the British monarchy. And so Protestantism became a badge that meant that you were on that side of the conflict, right? But they weren't really fighting over religious shit. I'm not suggesting that religion started it. Mm, 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 I'm saying that religion is what makes it so it don't have to ever end. A word because, like, you, like I said, if you want to, you know, you could just erase all progress with that. Hey, man, that's my belief. You know, mm-hmm. you can sit there all day and what's one plus one, two? What's two plus two? Four? Okay, so yeah, but you know, it says in the book, "Thou shalt not five. You know, and you're like, okay, well, I guess we're back at square one. <laughs> you know, because because again, even though the people that you know, even though the people that started shit may not have had, uh, may not have had real religious shit going on, right? It is a good way to convince a big swath of people. You know, it's like you might like the the leadership may not have purely religious motives, but they do know that's a damn good way to get everybody else on their side. Yeah. I think what is so fucking interesting is to watch the reaction of actual Israelis versus the reaction of American Jews. Mm, mm-hmm. It's so it's it's it, you know what it kind of reminds me of. Remember a year or two or three ago when. Um, when Americans were upset about Americans doing K-pop. Like there were American people trying to do K-pop. Oh, okay. You know? And the criticism they received from Asian Americans versus all the love they received from Koreans, for actual Koreans. Right. You know what I mean? Like Korean Americans were like, it's cultural appropriation and whoopty whoopty whoop. But Koreans were like, oh, we love that people are doing that shit. You know, so, so it's it's so strange to, 
you know, what is that? What is the, what is the missing thing between the two? Is it, you know, because I've heard you say on several occasions, cancel culture, <clears throat> outrage culture, that's not real. Right. And maybe, and I, I know we've had long. Yeah. I think it's overblown. I, I, uh, maybe I should amend that. I think it's well, way. Well, look, perhaps the, <clears throat> the consequences are not real. I think we've had this argument before. Yeah, yeah. The consequences are not as real as they are portrayed to be or not as uh, prevalent as they are portrayed to be. But the intent is real. Yes. You know, because the the average person thinks they can destroy you if they get you in like a gotcha type of moment. Yeah. And that is what they intend to do. It doesn't work most of the time. But that is what they want, and and maybe and and but there has to be more to it than that because this isn't really an attempt to destroy. It's more like it's more like a power thing. It's more like just overall in American culture, this this idea that like if I can find some flaw in you or point out, like show the world some flaw of yours, it, it it'll make you behave a certain way or. Like, what is the American desire to call out? Because that's really what it is. It's call-out culture. It's, you know, you get kind of social points for calling people out, depending on what circle you're in. Actually, in every circle, it just depends. The only thing that's different is what you can call people out for, you know? But it's it's almost like the most people have this desire to be like, yeah, yeah, so I called him out, you know? I, I noticed that a lot amongst the youth as well, but... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I think it's. I think it's twenty first century purity culture. You know. Yeah. It used to be you had to keep yourself sexually pure and religiously pure, and we've become less religious over time. But we uh, still have the wrong people hear you say that. <laughs> we've become, uh, you know, that there's something in us as human beings that like pushes us towards demanding purity of other people. And I think that now it's, you know, what food do you eat? What kind of car do you drive? How much money do you make? These are all, what what media do you consume? All those things are how we judge other people about how pure they are. But it's just, it's just pure purity morality. Yeah, facts, facts. You know what's so funny too is, I have yet, like, and again, again, I'm not going out of my way to do no deep dives into nothing. You know, <laughs> I'm an ultra crepidarian to the core. But I haven't seen any, any, uh, I haven't seen any Israelis that aren't in the government talk about this. I've only seen American Jewish people and government israeli government people talking about it but I, it seems like the mainstream news isn't um really you know what's so funny too is i'm absolutely shocked at how many um how little israelis i know mm. um I, I i think i own, i mean i know i know i know one person that that is like of israeli descent not like he, like he, maybe he was born, or his, both his parents were born there, or he was raised there and moved here, or something like that. And I, sure. And I know one, one woman, uh, but I, I don't know her enough to be get her strong opinion on shit. 
I know a couple of uh, Israelis, Israelis, and then I know a couple of other people who are dual citizen. And what and what and what are you hearing them talk about? Um, well, they'll mostly talk about how the majority of Israelis sort of blame Netanyahu's government for the the um, not for the attacks in the sense like obviously they didn't put the weapons in the hands of Hamas or anything like that, but they're not supporters of. Netanyahu. Now, obviously, this is a self-selected group because these are people that are friends of mine. So they're going to be more left-wing and more interested yeah, in certain types of Yeah, fucking liberal cucks. <laughs> Just say it, Rob. That's what your friend group consists of. Yeah, liberal cuck soy boys. That's all. That's mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's my entire friend group. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's more of an oat milk crew, you know, than <laughs> soy, but. It's just me. Um, okay, so we didn't even start the episode. First of all, everyone, welcome back. Episode, goddamn, I 84. believe, 84. Um, the moment we've all, yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you want advice from the advice champ, please email me at bswithbrianSimpson at gmail.com or uh, you can leave us a voicemail at, what's that voicemail number, Rob? It's a 323. Blah, 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 blah. Three, two, three, four, five, one. Four, five, one, one, nine, eight, zero. Also, if you want tickets to come see me on tour, go ahead and go on here to uh, brownsimpsoncomedy.com. Don't forget, also, I host every single week at the Comedy Mothership in Austin, Texas. BS with Brian. I'm sorry. uh, That's not true. Bottom of the barrel. (laughs) It is an improvised stand-up comedy show where the suggestions are provided by the crowd and you never know who going to pop in. You know, we always get the, we get the occasional blah, blah, surprise. Um, But it's also very fun. Uh, We give away prizes. We're sponsored by Bug Assault. Um, uh, check them out. They had they make uh, guns that kill bugs, and it's awesome. Um, I would I would honestly be a bug assault sponsor, even if they didn't fuck with me like that. But they do, and uh, the feeling is mutual. So we fuck with bug assault over here. Um, so Rob, on a whole other note, yes, sir. Microsoft now owns Activision Blizzard. The moment we've all been waiting for. At least I have. Rob's not so for it. I'm listen, this I know this makes me a complete and total hypocrite because <laughs> I am usually against monopoly type behavior. But it's just that Activision was so bad that like they were they it was almost like Blizzard started having like a uh, animosity for its fan base cuz this, this happened this happened to this happened to Blizzard when they merged with Activision this happened to uh CD Project Red when they were bought by whoever the fuck it happened to EA a long time ago um um and maybe the only one left standing is what Ubisoft yeah, Ubisoft, I think, and and they even had to break off a chunk of the streaming rights or not uh, the cloud gaming rights to Ubisoft to to push the 
the acquisition through with the EU? Yeah, so you know, all what what do all those companies I named have in common is that they used to have a stellar reputation. They came into the game wanting to do things differently. Um, and they and they accomplished that, and they they had a stellar reputation. I mean, solid release after solid release after solid release, and then they were acquired or merged with an evil conglomerate quietly, and then they used their reputation to trick those diehard fans into buying three, four, five, six more games that were not up to par that were half-assed that were because now you notice this trend now is companies will release a game that's unfinished they know it they they will apologize profusely as they use all the money you spent to kind of fix the game and then they get a second run and that's all they give a fuck about I mean, it just this is what just happened with uh, Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt Red probably had the most automatic buy reputation in gaming. From Witcher 2 on, anything they made, people, you know, fans of CD Projekt Red were going to buy that shit. You know, from Witcher 3 to Gwent to, uh, you know, whatever bullshit was in between. So Cyberpunk 2077 was supposed to be their masterpiece. And listen... I had a great time with the game because I had a very powerful PC and I didn't run into almost any of those glitches that plagued the console versions of the game because I'm a PC gamer. But still, they released this game in a buggy they released this game in a buggy state. You know, they released this game in a buggy state and they did the same playbook as everybody else. We promise we didn't intend. Yes, you did, motherfucker. Don't you got an Xbox? You didn't run that motherfucker one time? Because to me, it's like when millions of people are reporting the same glitch on day one on a console, that right there tells you that company don't give a fuck about you. Because the, every everybody with a console got the same exact equipment. You, you know? So there's no way you play tested that thing on a console and you and you didn't notice glitches in the first hour of the game. Like game breaking glitches that like made it unplayable, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, CD Projekt Red can suck my dick. Now they did just come out with uh, Phantom Liberty expansion. Listen, like I said, I think underneath all of the bullshit, see, it might be one of the best games ever. You know, um, I haven't jumped, dove into the damn the expansion yet, but it's like if that game would have cooked for another year, it would have been amazing. It, it might it would it would be game of all time candidate just like Witcher three because Witcher three wasn't perfect you know if you asking me but um, yeah but now anyway Microsoft has swooped in to buy Activision Blizzard which is Activision Blizzard is one of the most in your face trash companies gaming companies <laughs> out there they really did a total three sixty with with this look on their face right here so. Like that's how they 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 re, because because Activision Blizzard Blizzard used to have like a cult following like all those people that get him twenty dollars a month or whatever the fuck it costs to play World of Warcraft mm-hmm. like like Blizzard could do no wrong up until maybe six years ago something like that mm-hmm. like around when the first Overwatch came out maybe that was seven years ago 
Like, and I think they got bought by Activision or merged with Activision like maybe a year and a half after that. So up until the first Overwatch, Blizzard could do no wrong. People believed all their promises. You know, they, for the most part, did right by their fan base. I mean, you know, they definitely, they got you to spend money because their games were so addictive and fun and simple and accessible that they kind of just got a cult following that would just buy shit, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would make the argument that they, it's kind of started going downhill with Diablo 3. Um, but yeah, these motherfuckers, once they started releasing Call of Duty on the on the, on the Battle.net launch, it's like they just, they just, they're like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. You're going to buy it anyway. This Blizzard. Like, that's their attitude. So what, you going to stop blizzarding? Uh, and that's what I thought. That's how they react to their fans. Yo, you gonna so you gonna stop playing there? No, you ain't. Give me your twenty motherfucking dollars. Stop playing. That's how Blizzard acts. So I'm I imagine that because Microsoft doesn't like I've watched Microsoft pour billions of dollars into something that ain't gonna work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had a Zoom. I had a Zoom, and it was a pretty good damn deal. I can't believe, what the fuck happened to that Zoom? It was a pretty damn good deal. But I had a Zoom at, at one point. Um, um, and we've watched these motherfuckers. They definitely won't give up on Edge. Does anyone use Edge? No. No. And it's it's not bad. You, you know, it's better than Internet Explorer was, but they just, they're going to keep pumping money in the Edge. Bing. Anyone use Bing out there? What is what is the Venn diagram of BS with Brian Simpson listeners that also use Bing? I would love to see what that demographic is. Zero percent. It's got to be. Very few. No, nah, it's one weirdo out there always like, Brian, you just don't get it. It's so fast. and it, It's like, I get it. I get it. Um, but I don't. You know what I'm That's saying? true. I, I we, probably, we probably do have a significant percentage of um, contrarians. Right, right. But I feel like, see, but I feel like the people that would step outside the norm, you know, you, you, you got your Chrome, you got your Firefox. But then I feel like the, the real contrarians, they go uh, they go opera. They yeah, go that's true. Vivaldi. They go, you know, something it's obscure, with, you know, or, or maybe they go Brave, the Brave browser. Um, there was one browser, oh, opera. So I, I you know, every, every six months I install opera and then I go, nah. <laughs> You know, because Opera used to be the shit, but now I feel like every company want to spy on you. They all want to spy on you. Yeah, every company now wants to spy on you, and I feel like Opera is no different now. They, you know, right when now when you sign up, you gotta accept all of these. And I was like, where's the browser to just let me browse? I don't understand what that's at. I'll pay for it. I'll pay a monthly subscription for a browser that don't want to sell my information. I think a, I think a few VPNs have their own browser huh doesn't like atlas have a yeah, browser but the browsers suck right it's not yeah. future rich no the other right. problem is that like I, I i have to use chrome for pretty much everything because for work i have to be plugged into all these different google workspaces and why did you shit. throw the kotaku review of spider-man in here this is just the big this is the big it's a big game that's coming out dude oh yeah not for me though uh 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 up who saw who didn't see this coming ladies and gentlemen 23 and me 
says private user data is up for sale after being scraped. Records reportedly belong to millions of users who opted into a relative search feature. Uh, genetic profiling service 23andMe has commenced an investigation after private user data was scraped off its website. Friday's confirmation comes five days after an unknown entity took an online crime form to advertise the sale of private information for millions of 23andMe users. The forum post claimed that the stolen data include, included origin estimation, phenotype, health information, photos, and identification data. The post claimed the 23andMe CEO was aware the company had been hacked two months earlier and never revealed the incident in, in a statement emailed after this post went live. A 23andMe representative said that nothing they have posted publicly indicates they actually have any health information. These are all unsubstantiated claims at this point. 23andMe officials on Friday confirmed that private data for some of its users is in fact up for sale. The cause of the leak, the official said, is data scraping, a technique that essentially reassembles large amounts of data by system systematically extracting smaller amounts of information available Available to individual users of a service. Attackers gained unauthorized access to the individual 23andMe accounts, all of which had been configured by the user to opt into a DNA relative feature that allows them to find potential relatives. First of all, why would you want to do that? Find, why would you want to find your relatives? Potential relatives? Look, I mean, if you don't already know who they are, what you need? Extra people to care about? I don't understand that. <laughs> I never we got that. We do not have any indication at this time that there has been a data security incident within our systems. Rather, the preliminary results of the investigation suggest that the login credentials used in these access attempts may have been gathered by a threat actor from data leaked during incidents involving other online platforms where users have recycled login credentials. Hey, guys, we've talked about this before. Now, listen, I would run you through how to not have to deal with uh, you know, actually, I was just giving my my mom a password for something, and she was blown because every time I give her a password, it's all wild and complex. And I try to explain over the phone like what a daggone password manager is and all this. It's like, hey, listen, I would run you through it, but for whatever reason, my favorite password manager doesn't think that uh, BS with Brian Simpson is uh, suitable to represent their users. You know, so they one password, one password wouldn't sponsor me. Um, so actually, they're only really the best for Apple users uh, if you don't care about open source and stuff like that. But it's it's good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, recycling login credentials is the number one way to fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, always change your passwords. Always use a password manager. I don't even. I can't even remember the last time I've had to think about my passwords. Mm hmm. You know, no. Yeah. Every time I log into a website, I just unlock the password manager. It logs in for me. I don't even know what the password is for most of them. Mm -hmm. I remember my master pass phrase that gets me into um that gets me into my my password manager, but I don't know any of the other ones off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Um but they're all different. They all crazy looking. So it's wild to me that, that people still do this. Um, the DNA relative feature allows users to opt in to view basic profile information. Yeah, that, yeah, that's just you. That's just you being stupid. Don't, don't. I mean, first of all, you giving your DNA to this company, but also you letting them compare it to other people and find relatives. Like fuck out, of, fuck out. Of, I don't need no new relatives. Yeah, what's what's different about this situation is that if uh, because of the DNA matching 
program with 23andMe, even if you had a strong password, if you opted in to the relative finder program and one of your potential relatives had a weak password that got scraped, then the, the password scraper would also get access to all of your information, which seems fucking insane. Why would you opt into such a thing that would make your your health information available to random strangers who just happen yeah, to be wild. from the same part of the world. That's absolutely wild to me. Mm. What's the obsession with genealogy and shit? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it either because everybody want to believe they special. Oh, we, we, we royalty. We related to kings. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> Also, you're probably not, I mean, you probably are related to kings because, you know, you have a lot of ancestors. Everybody's got a lot of ancestors, but also most of your ancestors are just fucking farmers. Deal with it. Right. Oh, this, we got an email that's directly connected to this. Hey, Brian, love the show. Uh, my name is Nick. I live in Florida and I'm 40 years old and currently in a relationship of six years, not married. She has three kids from her previous marriage. Okay, hold on a minute. Okay, okay. And I have two from my previous marriage, and our crazy asses decided to have one together. Wow, bruddy. Come on. <laughs> now, she did cheat on her last husband at one point. Oh, God damn, Nick. She did cheat on her husband. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by what you're about to ask advice about because... um. Sounds like you full speed ahead out here. Um, now, she did cheat on her last husband at one point and have heard her get asked if she was sure that her middle child was her ex-husband's, in which she stated she is 100% sure. That being said, there's been moments I have had my doubts about our five-year-old, but I have never gotten a DNA test because that would cause chaos if I mention that, though I have thought about doing it behind her back, but let's say I never get one and I find out when he is 18 years old that he was never mine. I would be completely torn because I would definitely be pissed off, but I love him and I wouldn't want him to feel like I regret him. But at the same time, I want to sue her ass if I could because that changed my whole life and the tra trajectory of my life, you know. Um, Yeah, my nigga. That's why you don't hesitate. You get it right now. Behind her back or whatever. Because listen, you know, for me, it's like, yo, if you having any doubts whatsoever, you, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to do and the more devastating it's going to be to your life. You know, right now he's five, man. That's five damn years too long. You know what I'm saying? I'd have took that first hair. The first hair that fell off their head, I'd have took that motherfucker to the lab. Because, like you said, you, you you know, you got this woman, she got three other children. You got doubts about the middle child from her previous husband marriage. And now you got doubts about your child with her. It's like, hey, bro, what, what, like, what are we talking about here? You're running from the truth. You're so afraid what the that the results might be that the kid ain't yours. You bullshitting. And that ain't fair to you or them. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean, either you don't care or you need to you need to go do it right now. 
Like either you're saying I'm so ingrained in this child's life that I don't never need to know. Or you need to fucking know and you just delay in the inevitable. You know? Um, yeah, I'm going to find out right motherfucking now. You know? It's it's like less than 200 bucks to get a paternity test. Well, he didn't say money was the problem. He just needed to get the cojones. I say go get that motherfucker, man. I'm encouraging you. Um, but also, I'd say prepare yourself for, like, if you can't handle any result coming back, you know, you need to, I don't know, seek counseling or something beforehand. Because I don't want you to kill a bitch or nothing like that, you know? I don't want you to fuck your life up. Don't you ask know? a question you don't want an answer to. Exactly. Don't ask a question you're not ready for the answer for. That's it's just that simple. Then we got we got a lot of emails here. Hold on, let me see her. Um, this is from Cameron. Here, I'm 33. Big fan of the pod. Enjoy your comedy and your general discussion and talk of PC gaming on the pod. My question is about a big conflict within my relationship of two years with my girlfriend. Oh man. Relationship of two years. Okay. Everything between us is pretty amazing. She's probably on, only girl I've ever been with, I feel connected with, but sexually, we just don't seem to work. Oh, that's tough. Her libido is very low, but I'm the one that has to initiate anything, which leads to a lot of me being turned down, and it takes a toll. And she has sexual trauma in her past, which probably is a part of this. But I'm just dying inside because I love this woman a lot and don't want to give up. But also feel like I'm just dying inside and also think dating again keeps me from moving on. Move on. Move on, sir. You know, because listen. For for me, this is ne- this is not going to get better. And 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 I think. Like, it's not okay if you think she has some kind of trauma or whatever. It's not okay for you to, like, try to pressure her through the trauma type shit. But it's also not okay for her to expect for you to deal with the consequences of her trauma that she's not dealing with. You know what I mean? Like, if you like if you told me, oh, she's, she has trauma in the past and she's going to counseling or going to therapy or something like that and working through it or, or we going to, you know, some class to work on, you know, what turns her on. And uh, y'all ain't doing nothing to work on it. You know what I mean? So c- could you deal with a lifetime of that? Because I, I feel what you're talking about. It's like if, you if it, you know, it's one thing to not feel desired in the sense that you always got to initiate freaky, freaky time with your girl. But it's a whole other thing where you got to initiate it all the time and you constantly being rejected. You know? I mean, low libido be damned. I mean, I mean, what does even low libido mean? You know, because I'm not a I'm not a high libido guy. You know, but I feel like two, three times a week, I feel like that's I feel like that's basic standard. Uh, you know, I don't like I said, I don't know what your expectations are, but but the the but the, the, the point is, if you're feeling rejected, yeah, man, you gonna cheat on this girl. You know what I mean? You're going to cheat on this girl. I mean, maybe you need to have that discussion where it's like, hey, look, you know, I understand you got got some trauma, but you can't hold my dick hostage because you went through some (laughs) shit in the past. You know what I mean? Like we like either you got to let me step out. Let me have a little side piece. Maybe we could bring in somebody, spice it up. 
You know, something like that. You got to have those discussions like urgently before you fuck around and have a kid and have a fucking marriage and you're stuck just being miserable. Like, bro, your let me let me put it more simply. Your happiness is not worth someone else's. Like, you don't trade your happiness for hers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no reason. Like, love is not you're miserable so she can be happy. That, that I would never put up with that. And vice versa. Like, like I wouldn't want to be with someone that I couldn't make happy. You know what I mean? Like, you, you ever date somebody who's just never happy? You know, like, no matter what you do, they don't find joy in nothing. Like, I couldn't be with somebody like that either. That makes, it's the same thing. It makes you feel inadequate. It's like, well, if I can't make you happy and you can't make you happy, then you just a miserable motherfucker. And so it's, it's the same thing. It's like, you're not happy. You're not happy. You don't feel wanted. Especially if you damn 33. Come on, man. You got about 15 more years of hard dick left. Yeah, man, I don't know. I I, I feel like I feel like, yeah, you gotta you gotta bring this up. You can't just suffer in silence. Cause cause here's the thing. I know I I think, and this is just me putting my fake, like my Dr. Hill, my Dr. Phil fake doctor hat on. Um it's but they Hill. say the <laughs> number one <laughs> Huh? I like Dr. Hill. This is your your alter ego. Yeah, Dr. Hill. So you you <clears throat> the you when you hear people talk about what the number one problems in relationships are, they always go uh you know, money um what's the other ones, Rob? The, it's it's money Sex. problems. It's uh sexual it's, sec- it's infidelity. It's all these yeah. other things. But I think at the root of all of those things is silent resentment. Silent resentment will kill your relationship harder than anything. Because silent resentment is like it's cancer. Because you can still be together technically on paper and be be have been broken up years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just yeah. checked out. Just bottling up of resentment like this where you don't, you don't feel sexy. You don't feel sexually desired. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Because I'm see, I'm spiteful like that. See, you go if you bottle this in, you're gonna end up being spiteful about it. You're gonna start doing wild shit. You know, you're gonna start walking around the house just beating off. You know, coming on the pets, wild weird <laughs> stuff. You know, and and, and here's another thing too. Are you know, are you absolutely sure this woman isn't cheating on you, or has she always had this low libido? You know, either way, that's not your problem. You know, it's like, it, but, but I don't, I suggest that you not stay in a relationship like this, you know, uh, or you have this talk with your woman to see if there was, if there's a resolution that could be fit. Cause Hey babe, it's fine. If you ain't trying to get fucked, you trying to get fucked once a month, right? Like it's like, it's the, like it's the middle ages. Like you're trying to get our, our monthly fuck. Like I'm like, I'm like, I'm coming back from battle. That's perfectly fine. But you got, but you gotta let me out. You gotta take, you gotta let me off the leash. Mm-hmm. You gotta let me off the leash. You gotta let me have a little side piece or something. You know, get y'all, get y'all one of them entanglements. You know, like Will and Jada. You know. Well, they're done now, aren't they? I don't fucking know. I'm done keeping up with those fucking people. <laughs> okay, email Hannibal Hotness. Wait a minute. What, how do those two things? Go? Hello, Brian. As much eye candy as this provides, it's the audio that make me think I had to send this your way. 
History is something beautiful. Enjoy your Hannibal hotness. Let's hear it. Um... Three instances which proved put on the Hannibal audio. was the we'll ultimate general. When the Romans sent an army to stop him from crossing the Alps, he outsmarted them by sending his cavalry detachment to attack their camp at night, while he led the rest of his army over a narrow pass. He then surprised and defeated the Romans at the Battle of Trebia, using his elephants and hidden troops to create panic among the enemy ranks. Wait a minute. When the Roman I'm seeing Flaminius pursued him yes, along that the is coast correct, of Italy, right. he lured uh, him okay. into Lake Trasimene. Okay, you know what? he ambushed him from the hills and slaughtered <laughs> They're not, his army. Not, he then sent a letter to the aren't. Roman Senate, offering peace and moderation, but they uh, rejected it and vowed to fight on. When he faced a larger Roman army at Cannae, he used a brilliant tactic of encirclement. I just mean, where he drew the I think Romans this is fake. This is just hot. Like, these are just women that don't have with his have cavalry clothes. and infantry. He Which then is cool. Them in one of the most decisive I, I believe whatever outfits they wearing are, like, painted on. Killing about 50,000 Romans like and capturing 10,000. Right. And it's like, we see, should explain these for the people the... who are just, for the people who are just listening to audio, it's the video that kind of made the rounds over the past week where it's like a fashion runway or whatever and it's just women who are naked except for uh this like gold tape as their outfits yeah and i get it it's educational um i don't understand what why, why they put the roman stuff over top of it i mean why they put the uh okay yeah but I, I, this is nice but but again you have to understand these are not the top tier models these are the models that were willing to put tape on their pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are the, uh, I guess I got to say yes to this gig models. These aren't the, actually she kind of, you know, she got a little, some little, little cakes on her. Uh, but yeah, thank you for sending that in. Um, I'm never opposed to booty cheeks uh, coming out. Uh, Reddit diving anything. And I got some, and I got some subscribe to a new subreddit. Email from, okay, Brian. <clears throat> I've been a big fan for a while now. I don't recall when I first saw you, but it was either on one of those Netflix showcases shows on your 30-minute special. I had the pleasure of meeting you in 2022 at the Bristol Drag Strip when you were in town with Bert and the Fully Loaded Tour. Hey, my wife and I were the fans that got to come hang out up on the top of the hotel after the show. We talked about Maryland as I went to the University of Maryland at College Park and the other stuff. You and all the comedians were gracious and kind and allowed my wife and I to feel comfortable talking to literally some of our very favorite comedians. I have a comment and a question for you that's related to your email reads from episode 81, specifically the email from Z Money and the conversation that followed. You were talking about time moving faster as you get older and talked about time being relative while that is true i also think it's because the novelty of experiences become less as we age and have already seen or done things such as the drive to work or a place you've never been seeming longer the first time and shorter each subsequent time because your brain doesn't register it as thoroughly since there's nothing new to notice I'm a psychologist and spend a lot of free time reading about perception and consciousness so i wanted to share the ideas with you as the episode progressed, you began discussing the Hassan Minaj controversy, and the question I pondered for a while popped into my head. First, any tiny bit of context. 
While I've often threatened to try stand-up and write jokes all the time in my phone, I don't know that I have the time to commit to it to be the best I could be. I'm 44, and I've spent 20 years playing and performing music. I still do, um, though not as much as when I was younger. And I have to admit that getting up and starting fresh bombing for years is certainly a deterrent. Yeah, that's a big one. I have friends that have been in comedy for a few years, and I enjoy seeing them do it. From time to time, I think of a way to punch up their jokes, or I write a joke I think would work for them, but I don't know if I should share it with them. A lot of them are from the LGBTQ community, or their jokes address their own body image issues and mental health struggles. As a white guy, I certainly know what I say can be taken in a way that was unintended, and I don't want to disrespect them. These jokes come from the ideas they're already talking about, but again, I want to be careful and kind. My question, should I, and if so, how would you suggest I approach these friends about this? As a black man, how would you feel if a white friend tried to punch up one of your jokes without you asking and without that shared experience from which they could speak? Well, um, well, if you're already friends, then how would you approach them about any other thing? I mean, you know, hey, man, I was just wondering, you saw some, you know, I saw you doing this bit and, uh, and I've, you know, tell your friend exactly what you just told a complete stranger. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got a lot of ideas that were inspired by some of the bits you had, and I was wondering if it was okay for me to run them by you. You know, yeah, yeah. I I am never bothered when someone tries to when a when a fr- comedian friend tries to uh, give me a tag or what. What I live and die for those. Ninety percent of them don't work. Not you know they aren't in your voice or they don't work with your rhythm or your cadence. Um, but every now and then you get a fucking gem. You get a fucking gem. So yeah, you have to be open to any and all criticism. And, and in fact, I would say, um, a lot of comics that I, um, a lot of comics have that problem where they're not open to criticism or um or they're not open to suggestions and or they see themselves in some category that is above that sort of thing and 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 that's what that's when they lose their edge that's when they lose their touch that's you know i'm always on the hunt i'm like a motherfucking truffle pig i'm always trying to sniff out the next angle the next thing you know and but i have my circle of friends that um we know we tend to do that already for each other so um so yeah you know it would be one thing if you told me you were you were walking up to a complete fucking stranger and trying to throw out stuff but if this person is already your friend and you got an idea that's going to sharpen up their act then, then why not now the, the other question you got to ask is is this person funny you know like are they really funny and are they worth you even you know what I mean? Because, you know, most people aren't. You know, that's all I'm saying. Most people aren't funny. Most most comics aren't, you know, most, like, if you just took all the comics that are funny, and, 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 when, and let me rephrase that. If you just took all the comics that, could, that know how to consistently get a laugh, right, most of them aren't funny. You know, and, and, and. And if you take if you take all the comics that are funny, which knocks it down to, you know, most of them aren't original. So, you know, and and not that you even have to be any of those things to make it big in stand up comedy, but they certainly help. 
you know, and, and all I'm saying is, if I had a friend that wasn't original and wasn't funny, I wouldn't waste time giving them my ideas. You know, I say go up there yourself. No, that's not true. That's selfish. That's selfish. No. Give your friend, you know, your friend shouldn't take offense. And, and here's the thing, man. If they do, they're not going to make it. If if your actual friend, if you go to give them some kind of, like, you go to throw them a tag or something to try, and they don't, and they get upset that you would even suggest it, they're not, they're not going to make it. So either way, you know, even if you lose a friend, you know, at least you won't be subjected to their shitty comedy in five years or whatever. All right, let's do one more article and get the fuck out of here. Um, oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Now, this is, might be some positive. Scientists grow whole model of human embryo without sperm or egg. What? Scientists have grown an entity that closely resembles an early human embryo without use using sperm or eggs or a womb. Man, here we go. Aliens. The Wiseman Institute team say their embryo model made using stem cells looks like a textbook example of a real 14-day-old embryo. Well, now you can't kill it in Texas. It even released hormones that turned a pregnancy test positive in the lab. Oh, no. The ambition for embryo models is to provide an ethical way of understanding the earliest moments of our lives. The first weeks after a sperm fertilizes an egg is a period of dramatic change from a collection of indistinct cells to something that eventually becomes recognizable on a baby scan. The crucial time is a major source of miscarriage and birth defects, but poorly understood. It's a black box, and that's not a cliche. <laughs> Uh, sounded like a innuendo, sir. Our knowledge is very limited. Prof. Jacob, blah, 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 blah. Embryo research is legally, ethically, and technically fraught. But there, ooh, you don't see people break out fraught every now and then. But the, but there is a now a rapidly developing field mimicking natural embryo development. This research published on the journal Nature is described by the Israeli team as the first complete embryo model for mimicking all the key structures that emerge in the early embryo. This is real, really a textbook image of a human day 14 embryo. We, we heard you say that. Instead of sperm and egg, the starting material was naive stem cells which were reprogrammed to gain the potential to become any type of tissue in the body. Chemicals were then used to coax these stem cells into becoming four types of cell found in the early stages of the human embryo. Epiblast cells, which become the embryo proper or foetus, fetus. Trophoblast cells, which become the placenta. Hypoblast cells, which become the supportive yolk sac. And extra embryonic mesoderm cells. It didn't tell us what those become. <laughs> I think that means it's outside the embryo. Yeah. But they don't say what a mesoderm means. A total of 120 of these cells were mixed in a precise ratio, and then the scientists step back and watch. Um, okay, so... The work also raises the question of whether embryo development could be mimicked past the 14-day stage. Yeah. This would not be illegal even in the UK as embryo models are legally distinct from embryos. Some will welcome this, but others won't like it. And the closer these models come to an actual embryo, the more ethical questions they raise. Facts. Uh, 
They are not normal human embryos. They're embryo models, but they're very close to them. So you should regulate them in the same way as a normal human embryo. Or can you be a bit more relaxed about how they're treated? Wait a minute. I thought embryos was was I thought embryos was fair game. Mm, no. No? So you saying, no. wait a minute. So you saying if I break if I break into a lab and burn down like if I burn down a fucking embryo lab, did I do was that mass murder? Or is or 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 embryos even though distinct from human, from full human beings, they are they do have some kind of distinct legal protection. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that, the latter. Okay. So okay. Um, so should you regulate them? Okay. So Professor Alfonso Martinez Arias from the Department of Experimental and Health Sciences at Pampa Fabra University. That don't sound like a real college. <laughs> said it was a most important piece of research. Like that guy. Okay. The work has, for the first time, achieved a faithful construction of the complete structure of a human embryo from stem cells in the lab, thus opening the door for studies of the events that lead to the formation of the human body plan, which means they're going to fucking put one of these embryos in a Chinese prisoner and see what happens. The researchers stress it would be unethical, illegal, and actually impossible. Wow. This happens so often that I say something and then am, am immediately debunked in the next paragraph. Like I say something <laughs> in the middle of reading something. The researchers stress it would be unethical, illegal, and actually impossible to achieve a pregnancy using these embryo models. Assembling the 120 cells together goes beyond the point an embryo could successfully implant into the lining of the womb. For now. It would be unethical, illegal, and actually impossible Right, 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 right. But that, I feel like there's a lot of shit that they're not saying right there. The researchers stress it would be unethical. See, the thing is, I feel like if it was actually impossible, it would be no need to say it was unethical or illegal. Yeah. So what, what they're saying is it's not currently possible, but it's not impossible. Because why would you? Why would you? Why would it need to be illegal if it was impossible? That don't make right. sense. That's what, that's what I don't get. Like what? How? Yeah. Yeah. That's like somebody going, "Hey man, it's totally, uh, <laughs> it's totally illegal for you to teleport to the moon." Well, yeah, but I, but that's not possible. <laughs> you know. So it's like, what, what, why are we making a law about it? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't trust these guys. Um, I don't know how much this bothers me. I mean, look, if an embryo is not a person, and I. You know, I don't have my uh I don't have my office wall chart, my little infographic that shows me all the, you know, how it goes from zygote to you know, I don't know all the steps mm-hmm. to where it becomes where you can't abort it. Um but I think embryo is one of those it's it's still on the side where like you can't you can't you can abort still. So um I, I also don't understand why there's laws protecting embryos either since they're not people. Um, but, you know, intellectual consistency is not our government's strong suit. That's true. I think it's more connected to uh, preventing human testing. So I don't think it's necessarily that the the 14-day embryos or whatever have um, any sort of individual rights or anything like that. Uh, it's more about a practical concern for... Hmm. Preventing okay. human experimentation, right? Because they don't want babies born with any kind of defects and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. 
Which is how, which is how you know we'll never be on fucking Mars, because <laughs> the idea of us ever like. Oh yeah, this idea, this idea that we won't absolutely destroy the human race before we make it off this planet is asinine at this point. Yeah. The the level of focus and cooperation it would take for us to actually terraform another planet, we're just not capable of it as a species. We the wrong ones. We got the we got the we got the perfect mix of just we're suicidal as a group. Did you see the video that they had of uh that they released of the Mars, the Martian surface from the rover? No. It went like 360 degrees around and you could hear the it had audio as well and it really just crushed so many people's dreams of moving to Mars because they saw that video and they're like, that's it? That's what Mars is? Because it's just a wasteland. It's depressing as fuck, the idea of going to Mars. Well, what did people, what was, what was people expecting to see? Trees? I don't know what they thought. I mean, I think Lakes, it's... Oceans? I think the idea of going to space and landing on another planet and building a society there is very sexy to some people. And very interesting. And I think when you see just the reality of what the surface of that planet is like, a lot of the romance falls away. Yeah, man. It was like, also, you know you're not coming back either. Like, you can't come back. Yeah, zero chance of that. Yeah, absolutely none skis. No chance whatsoever. I think that about does it. Um, we're not having babies on on Mars. We're not. Um, I mean, shit. Maybe what happens if we send one of these embryos? Actually, I was just I was just about to fucking say what happens when we make a artificial womb, and we start sticking and we start shipping the artificial wombs with these artificial embryos in them to Mars. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's how it happens. I guess. Never hey, you say know never. what? I think that's coming next. I think yeah. that's definitely coming next. Like I'm all about that. Now if we could if we could come up with an artificial womb now, you know, where babies can be born without people being pregnant. Without anyone having to like carry it. That's like uh You just check on your baby like you like you call the Uber. You just look for the notification, your baby's now nine months. That's like that TV show, uh was it Company of Wolves? No, that's not what it's called. What's it called? No, Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves, yeah, raised by wolves. And that yeah, shit was I'm dope. All about I wish they that. hadn't canceled that. I'm all about that. Now that would be that would really that would really change a whole dynamic in society. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you could if you could have a baby and still stay hot without being rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have a baby with no stretch marks without fucking wrecking your vagina. Man, and that and that would mean you could have a damn early, uh, you know, hysterectomy or whatever the fuck, and not ever have to worry about getting pregnant. So then, more people out here doing it raw, more love. This might be we might be on to something. This is how we solve Israel Palestine, Brian. Exactly. We just we need baby. We need to plug in baby. Actually, you know, for Palestine, we need some solar powered baby uh, incubators. You know, that way when the power get cut off, you know. Anyway, well, see, damn it. We almost rolled out of the episode on a positive note. 
Uh, better luck next time, folks. Don't forget, if you want to support the podcast, buy some of one of the sponsors, like, share, subscribe, whatever the fuck. Any way you know how to do it. You know, do one of them or none of them or whatever. We love you the same. Well, actually, I love the people that donate a little more, but just a little bit. Not enough that you would notice if both of y'all were around me, you know, unless you were very perceptive. Thank you.